for me, it wasn't until I was trying to uh, like record tunes for other band members and stuff like that that I started actually putting a camera on my fingers and playing, and I was dismayed. But also, you know, it's a it's a good story because it was a it, it, it drove me to improve when I watched recordings of my own fingers and thought I can't send this to so and so because that was terrible <laughs> and I would mm -hmm. never have realized uh, what I needed to work on until I trained a camera on my own fingers and watched and listened to myself. So right, what's the value of recording oneself? Yeah. So it's really kind of interesting. I don't know how, where you are of the dojo 11 commandments of mastery. Are you up to speed on that, Jim? I've heard of the commandments. Let's, let's put it. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's kind of a funny story actually about recording because originally I had 10, right? Mm. I had 10 commandments. You're not the that first. I had come I mean, up you with. know, that's a, it's a... <laughs> yeah. And the, and the 10 commandments are like, yeah, exactly. Well, and then I had 10 things and it was like, oh, well, I'm going to call this the 10 commandments. And basically the idea, by the way, behind the commandments is not anything weird. It's just kind of like universal truths that seem to be true about everything that yeah. we need to make sure that we apply to our piping mastery. Right? It's not just so, further then, proof for all of our mothers that this whole dojo thing is actually a cult that we've joined. Right, exactly. Well, just in case you needed a little bit more, right? Yeah. yeah. So, uh, uh, so there you go. But then, uh, anyway, we had this. I had these ten, and I was working on writing them out, getting everything to make sense, getting my ideas clear on paper. But then, I had like an epiphany, and I remember exactly where I was. I was at the gym, and and uh, speaking of uh, borderline cults, I was at the CrossFit yeah. gym. And uh, I was writing my workout score on the board, and then it was like, oh, crap. There's one more commandment that's sort of universally true, which is the idea that um, if you're serious about mastering any craft, not just bagpiping, if you're serious about mastering any craft, you need to record yourself hmm. uh, on a fairly regular basis. Um, and then just, just to sort of show my point, right? So um, if you're serious about... Um, if you're serious about, I don't know, well, let's just use chess for starters because that's an easy one. Yeah. If you're serious about chess, right, like that's one of the key indicators you've become serious is that you've learned that, that code that people use to record the moves and then mm -hmm. you record every move in every game that you've played so that you can analyze it after the fact and keep that in mind, right? It's for analysis after the fact. That's the primary reason that you're going to record yourself. Um, uh, and then, you know, I'm sure we've all heard uh, this call will be recorded for quality assurance purposes. Yeah. Right. When we're stuck on hold. And I mean, that's exactly what that is. That's, that's a business uh, or probably more specifically a customer service department that needs to be able to analyze how things are going after the fact so that you can make adjustments. I like that um, little thing going off in my head when I sit down to play this practice session will be recorded for quality assurance. Yeah, and, and there's, you know, there's little details there. I don't recommend recording your entire practice. Yeah. Um, I, recommend, I, I recommend picking a small piece and recording it um, and, and sort of setting that up uh, strategically. But recording is super, 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 super important. And then I feel like it's more important on the bagpipes than a lot of other activities hmm. because uh, the bagpipe has so many different moving pieces hmm the odds that you're going to have additional bandwidth to do careful analysis of what you're playing, the odds that that's going to happen during the performance are very, very low. I actually have a high level example of that. I remember I played 
at the silver medal at Oban in 2017. And I thought I had a great tune. And then Andrew Donlin played me the, or, or sent me the recording and I listened to it. And then it was instantly like, oh, well, you better just go out to dinner and relax because <laughs> it was not great. Uh, and I thought during, during the tune and afterwards, my recollection of what happened was like, oh, wow, that was really special. Who knows? Maybe That's I a rough a, reality check, man. <laughs> yeah, and then, but then you get the reality check and, it, you know, it, huge portions of the tune were good, but there, were, uh, there was at least one very specific deal breaker in there. And it did, was like, did you oh, feel like well, in that case, it, like as you were playing, you were more focused on your fingers and the recording made you realize what was going on with the drones or, or some, something along those lines? Well, it was a, it was more of a, that specific example was a tempo thing. So oh, I had, gotcha. I had let the tempo get way too fast, mm. uh, in the, in the P Brock. And then, um, you know, beyond, maybe you could get away with a little bit of exciting tempo, but that amount of exciting tempo really kind of like, you know, really kind of was a deal breaker, yeah. but I digress. But the recording, that's an, that's a high example, uh, or a higher level example of like, Oh, we thought we were good, but not really. Uh, and yeah. there's been a lot of, a lot of cases of that, even at the higher levels. But I guess my point is even at the higher levels, uh, you don't really have the bandwidth to do real analysis during the performance. Yeah. Like you should be out there doing your personal best, but then you need a recording to go back to uh, so that you can listen to things. I highly recommend that. It gets a little weird. Bagpipe World is a little bit weird, but you should absolutely be attempting to record your solo competitions as well mm -hmm. so that you can compare and contrast what the judges said with the actual recording, um, something right, I highly yeah. recommend. Uh, that, something that's I highly such recommend. a good point. How many of us have looked at a judging sheet and either been like, what are they even talking about? Or thought to ourselves, well, they're obviously wrong about that. I did that yeah. great. Those Maybe having a recording will help us to uh, be Those either be judges are such <laughs> jerks. What is what does Terry Lee know? Oh my yeah, god, what is Terry so Lee annoying. Know? <laughs> He's never liked me. That's a great one. <laughs> yeah, uh, that, that, that's a They're great one. We all me. go yeah. to right. Oh, that judge has never liked me. Yeah. This is just bullcrap. But then, if you have a recording, and then you compare it to the sheet, uh, I can. I it would take me many many sets of fingers to count the number of times that I actually listened to the recording. Mm -hmm. compared it to what the judges said and then i had to uh, and then i had to admit oh wait i yeah. totally understand and they're completely right and yeah. okay a little ego check there and then um uh you know and then you got to go for it but uh yeah so anyway th you know the basic philosophy behind recording is that it's super important i would say if you don't record here's here's one i would say if you don't record yourself regularly as a bagpiper, that's a good indication you're not actually serious. And everybody did every there. I just said something controversial there to try and get some some clicks. Yeah, I heard. I heard them. Yeah. I heard the the wave of clicks rushing up. <laughs> I know. Um, but yeah, you should put that at the start of the episode. Yeah, that'd uh, and be a good then one. see see what happens. We'll either see a sharp drop off in viewership or. Uh, but or anyway, that's outrage. That's yeah. Outrage sells. Mm -hmm. Okay, so anyway, if you don't record yourself regularly, you're not actually serious. What's regularly? Yeah, uh, what, you is could that start every practice session. Like, what does that mean? Exactly? I would start with once a week. Mm -hmm. I would start with once a week. You know, maybe on a Thursday or something. Uh, you know, make a point of recording something mm -hmm. and sending it to someone that you respect. Oh yeah, uh, and you'll learn a lot about you'll learn about how good a lot about how good you actually are. 
uh, once you start holding yourself to that practice. You, you want to do like you want to do like make trick your friend into do a double blind study kind of thing and just send them the recording and don't tell them it's you, right? And just be like, <laughs> right, hey, I, I, what do you think of this Piper? <laughs> then you can get some really. Yeah, you could try feedback. that. <laughs> yeah, it's tough to it's tough to trick people, but you could try it. Yeah. But uh, um, but you'll learn a lot about how good you are um, putting yourself through some sort of recording regimen. And then when you get quite serious, you know, I would bump those recordings up to basically every time that you're practicing. Yeah. Uh, grab grab a small chunk of something uh, every time you practice would be my that that's what we should work towards. Um, and then when I'm when I'm doing when I'm doing real practice and real prep for something specific, that recorder plays a big role. You know, when I'm getting ready for Inverary in the late spring, mm -hmm. the recorder comes out, making sure things are sounding good and that, you know, uh, what I'm actually hearing is representative you know, and uh, it, of reality. A, a lot of the, like, value that we've talked to so far with recording could be described as negative value, not, not negative, but, like, in order to catch your mistakes and improve upon them. But it occurs to me that one of the great benefits of recording too would be like if you have a recording from three weeks ago and then a recording from this week, you might, if you weren't tracking that progress, you might be improving and not noticing it and therefore get discouraged. But if you can review the record and see, no, I am yeah. making progress, then that can be yes. a really encouraging thing. Yeah. And I would say that uh, it's not my intention for it to be a negative exercise. Yeah. It should be a really, you know, um, I always see the silver lining. I always gravitate towards the things I did really well. Mm -hmm. uh, and then I'll find some things that didn't go so well. And that just kind of goes on my list. Like, okay, that's what I can tweak for next time. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it shouldn't be really negative, uh, particularly at all. Sometimes it can be, especially when you first start recording yourself, because yeah. uh, until that point, you're probably in quite a bit of denial about how things are going, yeah. how things are sounding. And that's just the way that it is. Do you ever find um, when you hear a recording of your own voice that you don't like how it sounds? Never like it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You never like it. Right. And that's your own voice. That's something that you exercise constantly all day long. And then you listen to it played back and you're like, oh man, I sound like you know, I sound never, like a real dork. It's never something nice like, oh, great, I sound like Barry White or something, right? It's never, yeah. Right, exactly. Or better than or whatever. And that's yeah. something I've had to get over. That's something I've had to get over as I, you know, as my livelihood is broadcasting myself on the internet. Right. But, uh, yeah, I still kind of don't love it. But uh, but over time, you, you know, it's the same idea. It's like you listen to a class that you've taught and you're like, okay, well, I've got to change how I do this, this, and this. You know, maybe overall it's not too bad, but then, you know, then you start to get into your flow and kind of figure out how you want to do things. Mm -hmm. uh, cool. You want to talk gear? Yeah. In, in part, because like we are all in this situation where we have a lot of, we have maybe more recordings than we used to of ourselves playing with online contests and stuff like that. Um, so whether it's for practice yeah. or an in-person contest or an online contest, you know, can I just pull my phone out and get a recording? Is that good enough? What if I want to take it to the next level? How do I do that? Yeah. Okay. So I have a, there's a lot of things, um, a lot of little things to think about here. First one is, um, if you're playing the practice chanter, uh, don't rule out, don't rule out recording your practice chanter work. Mm -hmm. Okay. For starters, if you're recording your practice chanter, any smartphone built in the last 10 years is the perfect tool. And you should look no further, uh, for really good quality recordings of your practice chanter. Every phone that I know of has some sort of voice memo app where you can just quickly record something and send something off. 
even um, built into the Facebook Messenger now, they have one. Uh, uh, yeah. We use those in we use those in Inverary all the time. You know, mm-hmm. like um, uh, Allie Henderson will say, "Right, lads, we've got to clean this section up. Let's start with, you know, hearing you play, uh, you know, whatever passage it is at this tempo with the metronome, and then people will just kind of send in their homework, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of a kind of a neat thing. And as long as it's just on Practice Channer, the logistics could not be simpler. Yeah. Okay. Now with the bagpipes, it's a different story. Because the bagpipes are very loud and they have a really rich harmonic spectrum. So between those two things, uh, it's fair to say that very few devices in the world are designed to be able to record that kind of thing well. Mm -hmm. So the practice chanter, which by the way, that's the reason pipers use practice chanters, is that they're quieter. They're more like voice volume. Uh, and so, you know, they work really well with typical recording devices, but the bagpipes do not. And I'm sure everyone's tried that. You know, you've put your phone up there and then you've played your bagpipes and the resulting sound is very kind of brash and distorted and scratchy sounding. Mm-hmm. Like Jim, I'm sure you've experienced that, right? Oh, for sure. For sure. And, and also, yeah. you know, once the chanter starts, the drones essentially disappear. Who knows what's going on back there? Yeah. And then, you know, and that's because the, the typical iPhone or smartphone or even laptop microphone, first of all, it's really only designed for voice. And then the software around that is really designed to accommodate the voice. Okay. But then it's not designed for a broader range of harmonics and it's definitely not designed for that amplitude, AKA Mm kind of like volume. It's not designed for that volume that the bagpipes are going to throw at that. So, you know, it applies the, uh, and it actually, anyone who hangs out on Zoom, you, you'll know this, right? It actually kind of like sees that as like this weird background noise and then starts to try to cancel it out. Right. And it's just yeah. like this huge hot mess, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and so recording bagpipes can be a huge hot mess. Uh, and so we need to figure out some kind of solution to be able to deal with that. And then, Jim, I see you've got your Zoom recorder right there in the right shop. Right here. Yes, sir. Like that's a, that's a great tool. And because the Zoom is designed with some flexible recording options built into it to allow you to record a lot of different types of things successfully. Mm-hmm. And the key ingredient that one has, besides being a nice microphone that's designed to pick up all sorts of frequencies, instead of like a cheap you know, $10 microphone that they try to sneak into the build of your laptop you know, mm-hmm. so they don't, have to, you know, they don't have to increase their cost of making the laptop too much, right? Like that's what, and then same with the iPhones. Although the, the microphones and the iPhones are way better now, but yeah. uh, it used to be really tough. But anyway, the Zoom is designed to be a good microphone, but then it also has a key ingredient for recording bagpipes, which is the, um, what we would call it the gain adjustment. Yeah. Okay, so uh, instead of auto out, gain, <laughs> yeah, well, so most, most uh, devices use something you would call auto gain adjust. Yeah. Okay, gain, you could think of gain as just the amount of sound that the microphone is letting in, Mm -hmm. right? Uh, And then most things have what's called auto gain adjust, which means that the software is going to try to sense how loud the thing is that's coming in, and then it'll adjust the gain automatically, which for the bagpipes really doesn't work well. Yeah. And then uh, the reason for that is, 
that the low G and the high A and all the different notes in between, they actually have different volume levels, don't they? Like Way the low G. In a lot of cases. Yeah, yeah, like considerably different. And so every time you play a different note, the, the software is doing its crazy like mm -hmm. auto gain adjust, like probably at the speed of light. And then, you know, it gives it that really wonky, brash, not solid sound. Yeah. So we want, we want a device that uh, kind of gets rid of the auto gain adjust where you can set the gain, okay? And then you're going to set the gain. I don't know if it's low or high, but I think it's low. Yeah. Uh, you want to set the gain low so that the bagpipe doesn't distort. And then also, it's not going to attempt to adjust the gain every time it hears something louder or softer. It's just going to go with that level. Um, and then the result can be really quite nice. And the zoom recorder is quite nice. And then um, I have this guy here. It's always nearby. When I travel, I throw it in my pipe case. Uh, this is an iPhone uh, attachment. Oh, for so my just iPhone. puts it into your phone, yeah. Oh, and you got your yep. game and wheel right on it. And then it's got the classic. This is made by Zoom. It's the same company oh, that makes it? that mic. Yeah. Yep. Uh, and then you can adjust the gain right here, depending on on what you want. Um, and that lets you just attach it to your iPhone, and you can get because iPhone cameras are, of course, amazing, right? Yeah. So you, you can get video and high quality audio all combined really, really easily. That's my sort of go-to attachment. And this is what we would recommend for everybody at Dojo U too. It's just yeah. simple. It's nine, 99 bucks. Can't beat it. Right. Um, and you plug it in there. And then like, if you just listen, uh, by the way, uh, I have this recording that, I, uh, this is like an example of me playing a little bit of P-Rock with that microphone that you see. Oh, that, with that one right there. Ooh, screwed up that, screwed up that uh, movement there. I don't know how clearly people can hear that, but well, that's one thing to note. Based on how they're streaming it, the quality might be here or there, but the thing that's going to be obvious is that yeah. we could hear all the notes that high G mm -hmm. as well as the low notes too, the low A and the low G, and we could hear the drones. We could hear everything. And that's what you want, right? You want to be able to hear everything. Exactly. Like that. So it's a quality of recording that I really can't distinguish that, uh, that quality of recording, maybe the quality of the playing. Okay. But I can't distinguish the quality of the recording from any top notch recordings I've heard. Mm -hmm. It just sounds really nice. And then, you know, could Murray Blair or some like extreme sound producers, uh, improve upon that? Of course, that's not what I'm saying, sure, sure. but that's it. Like that's what the bagpipe sounds like. Um, from outside mm -hmm. and there's no distractions in there and I can hear very clearly uh, all the detail I could possibly want to hear and that would be great that would uh, and that even just this little attachment uh, if you set the gain properly it would work really well for recording your pipe band it would yeah. work really well for recording quiet things loud things whatever um, and then and then that zoom thing that you have is great as well Jim and then you can go with other stuff um, the final thing I would say about that is um when you record yourself, you want to find a singular microphone like this. This is actually two. It gives you a sort of stereo feed, which is mm -hmm. fine. But it, it's going to sit in a singular point in your practice space. Okay? Like sometimes I've seen people spend like hundreds of dollars on like an array of microphones. Yeah. And they have them placed all over their practice room. I really, really don't recommend that. Interesting. Um, it's totally not. The, the, what you're going to get is not as good as what I just played you. 
Because see, from my, there. unless my, you're my a thought real professional, more is better. You know, so so why? Not? Yeah, more is not better. As a matter of fact, um, what you want to do is you want to find a, a microphone just like this one. This and then I think of this as an audience member, hmm. right? Here it is. It's like just kind of like me. It's like I'm like an audience member, and then I place my microphone. In a, you know, where would I want to sit if I were listening to myself right now? Oh, yeah. Great idea. Right? right? And that's sort of my litmus test, and that's where I place my microphone. So mm. especially considering that a piper tends to move around in the space, yeah. right? The right place you want to sit is probably 10, 12 feet away from the player, okay? At just, just about, you know, uh, waist height, maybe even a little bit higher. And that's where you want to put the microphone. Uh, a lot of people record. A lot of people have the right gear, let's say. But then they place the microphone like right underneath their chanter. Yeah, just right there on the tabletop, um, yeah. Yeah, and then you, get like a, then you get a really weird quality of sound that's all chanter in your face, um, and you're not hearing the right balance between the chanter and the drones, and you're certainly not hearing what you're intending to put out there when you play if your microphone is placed that close. And by the way, you also don't want to place it 100 feet away. Yeah. Right, because you wouldn't want to be an audience member a hundred feet away from a player either, especially indoors, because then you would get way too much echo all over the walls, and you wouldn't be able to hear the details. Um, so you just want to think about like, if I were the judge, where would I be sitting right now? Yeah. Or if I were listening to myself, where would I get the best experience? And that's where you should place the microphone. Now, now I'm thinking, um, and ne it, like next time I set up a microphone, I'm going to put it on a folding chair. And lay a clipboard in front of it just to just to mimic the sonic adjustments that a clipboard might make for a judge as they're listening. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but you're being goofy, but that's a great point, right? Yeah. So if you want to if you want to uh, if you want to improve the quality of your recording before you think about changing gear, on the assumption that you have a nice microphone like this one or the one you've got there, Jim, is good. Um, but uh, before you think about changing gear, think about changing where you're playing. Mm. right? If you're playing in a room, like if you're playing in a square closet uh, with, with like really angular walls and, and like, you know, there's no carpet uh, or anything and it's just all ringing like crazy, that's probably the issue mm. with how you're sounding and it's not the equipment. So find a place where you really love the sound and record there. Uh, in my office, especially over the years, I've put in like I've got like a little carpet in there now and, and just there's more here in the space. Um, it, I, I really like how pipes sound in here. Mm. It can get a little bit echoey, right? So I have to be careful not to place my microphone too far away. Uh, and I have to kind of find, I've got sort of my sweet spot that I like. Uh, but then I'm able to get a really nice quality of sound um, and that's it. You just put the microphone there. Um, there's special effects you can put on recordings like reverb. I love reverb. Oh, you're a reverb guy because I feel like that's the camp that often uh, separates people, uh, like whether it's penny whistles or bagpipes or anything. It's like, are you a reverb guy or a non-reverb guy? Yeah, so I love reverb, okay? But when I'm recording my own bagpipe playing, yeah. I, I would never put effects on it, right? I just want to hear what the microphone gets in Plain the vanilla. space. Yeah. Yeah, vanilla. And, and certainly for practical purposes, that's what you want. And then if you're going to release an album, right? Uh, that's that's where it would be good to go into a studio or to really pick the perfect performance location and then let a, a sound engineer, you know, do common sense things to make it yeah. sound the best it can sound. But uh, for actual analysis of your playing, we, we don't need any special effects or anything. Mm -hmm. They could get in the way even. 
Yeah, well, and it would give you a false representation mm. of what what's really going on, yeah. which is probably why most people like reverb. Yeah, it, it kind of hides this, the special there. effect. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, it hides some of the details. Yeah. And add some texture, yeah. Yeah, there's a. I had a vinyl fence put in my backyard two summers ago, and very unexpectedly found my very favorite spot to play bagpipes now. Um, and it's it's interesting oh, yeah. that standing in this spot, it's like 30, 20, 20 feet away from the vinyl fence, but with a tree next to it and stuff. When I stand there, it doesn't sound special, but recordings from a little ways away from that spot. They, it's a special spot, man. It sounds so good. And there's something about that vinyl nice. fence bouncing the sound back. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And it's very surprising how, uh, it's very surprising how, if you think about it, you know, how much of the sound that you produce is created uh, by the room that you're in. Yeah. Like, for example, my voice right here, ha there's a little bit of decay, right? And that's basically a nerd word for echo. But there's a little bit of echo going on. It just gives my voice a little bit of presence and a little bit of additional texture that I would not get if I was in like a carpeted room. Yeah. You know, so, uh, and so it's sometimes worth thinking about. It's definitely mm. worth thinking about. Uh, and by the way, pipe ants sound so warm and nice on a nice patch of grass, yeah. right? Which is why it's such a great venue for competition. And it's also why I'm hesitant to just immediately agree when people say stuff like, oh, the world has to be moved indoors because of the rain and all. It's like, yeah, but, but no, because it's not going to sound nearly as good indoors as it does outdoors. That's such, I feel like it should have been obvious, but it's so interesting. Like, I never would have thought of it. I've, I've done like mini band competitions in like school gyms and stuff like that. And yeah. of course, that's going to sound way different than out on the green. Gross. Yeah. It, a it gym is a really is gross place. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The grass it's sounds like you're better just for playing. sure. It's like the floor echoes like crazy. The ceiling echoes like crazy. The, the, all the walls echo like crazy. Yep. And then there's like bleachers. Have you ever been to like, we went to um, Chichen Itza pyramids oh, awesome. on our honeymoon. Yeah. And that, you know, one of like the goofy tourist trap features is like, if you go up near it and clap your hands, you hear like this weird ring off the steps. Yep, totally. But like a gym's got those, a gym's got those Chichen Itza steps too <laughs> right, in it, right, doesn't yeah. it? It's just a total nightmare. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, pretty bad. Anyway, there you go. Uh, a fairly in-depth discussion about recording there. Yeah, yes, sir. Things to think about. Hey, everybody. Andrew Douglas here from the Piper's Dojo, and I just want to say thanks so much for listening to today's iteration of the podcast. If you enjoyed what you heard here today, it would be super helpful to us and to a lot of bagpipers out there trying to find us. If you could give us a top-notch review on whatever platform you're using to listen to this podcast, particularly Apple, iTunes, and Spotify, and things like that, your review would be really, really helpful. So if you have a moment today, definitely go over there and help us out. Other than that, until we meet again on the podcast or somewhere else, thanks again for listening.